Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sun Guy Nation, welcome to the show here on another Friday afternoon. Sun Guy with you as usual. Some show notes real fast before we jump into it with our guests. If you're looking for some pro wrestling tonight, WCW as usual at the Outlaw Arena in Indianapolis, Indiana. FGW in Hamilton, Ohio. RRW in Sherman, Texas. And Hood Slam in Oakland, California. Tomorrow night you can find me at Woo America in Vaughn, Washington at the Key Peninsula Civic Center. Emerge in Trafalgar, Indiana, RWC in Lumberton, North Carolina, APW trying to break the world record for largest battle royal as far as participants in Cincinnati, Ohio, IWA Mid-South hosting the Queen of the Death Match in Indianapolis, Indiana, APW in Pensacola, Florida, APW in Bedford, Indiana, EWE in Jeffersonville, Indiana, MSWA in Salina, Texas, PPPW in Roseburg, Oregon, War in Lima, Ohio, Supreme Wrestling in Madison, Indiana, MCIW in Indianapolis, CPW in Sand Springs, Oklahoma, Innovate Wrestling in Kingsport, Tennessee, and FFW in Panama City Beach, Florida tomorrow. Without any further ado, I want to welcome back to the show our guest for today. He is from the aforementioned Oklahoma area. Jason Chaos, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for being with us today. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's always a pleasure to do your guys' show. Well, in the last several hours, uh, Prior to you coming back on the show, the wrestling world was kind of torn asunder, WWE releasing not only some front office personnel, but near 20 different performers between NXT and the main roster. What do you make of all the shakeups there at WWE with all the releases happening in the last 24 hours? Well, number one, I think uh, organizations like AEW are definitely going to get a little more powerful. I mean, back in the day when I started, WWE was a place that you aspired to go to. That's when you knew you hit the big leagues, and now it's looking like AEW is really giving them a run for their money. I mean, some of the releases I can understand, but some of them still kind of make me scratch my head a little bit. Like the Nia Jax one, I mean... That one I can kind of understand because there were some issues with her being safe when it comes to her in-ring style. And I would say, and I know some people are not going to like this opinion, but it's pretty bad when your cousin's the rock and you still can't keep your job. I mean, that's, that's something I've, you know, been kind of contemplating since uh, the Black Thursday occurred. Uh, Eva, Eva Marie was another one that wasn't a big surprise. I mean, she was an okay talker. I mean, she had the look of a possible, like, old-school diva that did more of the cat fights and that kind of stuff. But she really didn't scream athlete to me. And the matches she had, especially the one with Alexa Bliss and the ones with Dewdrop, you could definitely tell who the pro was there and who the rookie was when it came to actually experience. Uh, the Karrion Cross and Scarlet kind of didn't surprise me. Because once he moved to the main roster, it looked like they were turning him from kind of a beast into a jobber, is what it kind of looked like to me. But some of them really, and like the Lucha House Party, that didn't really surprise me because they'd been asking for their release for a while because they wanted to be a little bit closer to home and not work that type of schedule. 
Now, the ones that shocked me included Ember Moon. I think she's extremely talented. Uh, the Keith Lee one really got to me. I mean, he's an amazing talent. Even for his size, I mean, he does stuff that cruiserweights can't do. And, I mean, he was even willing to let them try to repackage him as the Bearcat, which to me made no sense. I mean, he was just, you know, he was limitless Keith Lee. I mean, he was – you don't, didn't really need to build him as a beast because he was a beast when you looked at his style in the ring. Uh, Nia Yim kind of shocked me because she was, again, a very talented worker. Uh, I will never refer to her as this again, Frankie Monet. Taya Valkyrie, I think, is one of the most proficient and uh, excellence in execution when it comes to the female wrestlers out there. I mean, she's an amazing wrestler, and I think that she wasn't given her opportunity that she deserved. Uh, the BFAB one kind of, kind of shocked me because she just got called up with Hit Row. I mean, they were on a roll. I mean, it was a very good unit, and then they just get rid of her. And then the Harry Smith one kind of got me, too. Because, I mean, he had been with him before with the New Heart Foundation. You know, he proved that he was a decent athlete, or an excellent athlete. I mean, he was so much like his dad, who was somebody I looked up to, Davy Boy. And, I mean, I really don't see a reason to let him go when you just sign him back. And he has all of the history plus the talent. Definitely was very, very talented. Uh, he was one of the people that, was a regular up here in our neck of the woods before originally signing with the WWE. So we definitely wish not only Harry, but all of the people that were affected the very best. Hopefully they all land on their feet without too much of a problem. Now, in the world of professional wrestling, you touched on this a moment ago, but... Compared to, say, 10 years ago, wrestlers have more options when it comes to full-time occupations within wrestling. Uh, 10 years ago, you pretty much stateside had WWE and Impact Wrestling for full-time. Ring of Honor was more of a part-time type of occupation. Independent scene wasn't really what it is today. Now guys can make full-time livings as an independent. You have AEW, Major League Wrestling, Impact Wrestling. Uh, Guys are going to New Japan. They're going down to Mexico to CMLL and AAA. Do you think that right now people that get into the wrestling business are going to have an easier time than people that broke in, say, when you broke in, or, say, guys that 25 years ago were breaking into the business? Most definitely. I mean, there are a lot of lot more options. I mean, I'm very sad to hear about the whole ROH situation because, I mean, they had a really good format for wrestling. And, I mean, there were some people that I've worked with before, uh, such as Dax Draper, that was really getting to get into his flow there and then just to kind of have it stopped. I mean, Bandito was really good. Uh, Jay Lethal, I mean, I can't say enough about his talents. I mean, he could, he could go anywhere and be a main eventer. I mean, Ring, Ring of Honor was basically the building blocks for a lot of the wrestlers you see that are popular today. I mean, Colt Cabana was there. CM Punk was there. Nigel McGuinness was there. Uh, Brian Danielson was there. Pretty much the whole Undisputed Era was there. I mean, a lot of your main eventers now came from Ring of Honor. Most definitely. There's a lot of talent that pass through those doors. Hopefully they will be back in some capacity next spring. Hoping the best for all those guys as well. I mean, with them closing, at least we may get some dream matches. Because one I've always wanted to see when uh, Moxley gets better I would love to see the Briscoes versus Moxley and Kingston. I mean, I think that would be any smash nose tag team wrestling fans dream match. Really. Most definitely. Now, another big 
news items since you were last on the show occurred around a month ago, and that was the very tragic passing of Shannon Spurl, who fans probably know best as Daphne or possibly as the governor, but uh, we lost her in a very, very tragic way, and it once again kind of reopened the mental health issue that we see in wrestling. Uh, Mental health is something that has definitely been at the forefront. We lost uh, Hannah Kimura last year due to similar circumstances with the knowledge that we have on concussions. We know that pro wrestlers can be susceptible to that because of history of concussions. What's your stance on not only what happened specifically with Daphne, but how we can avoid similar situations in the future as an industry? Okay. Well, I think the first thing is to actually have the wrestlers be trained correctly because a lot of wrestlers go to wrestling schools and are trained properly. Some aren't. Some are not known as safe workers. Some do more of the strong style. I mean, I understand that style, and I've wrestled that style before, but, you know, you need to make sure that there are not as many blows to the head region as you can, you know. I mean, you can do so many other moves that don't impact it, you know, in a way that would be harmful. Uh, When it comes to Daphne, she has a special place in my heart and always will. I've known her for years. I was one of the people that was actually trying to leave voicemails when it wouldn't go through on that tragic day. I mean, she was a great woman. She was a class act. I mean, we all deal with our demons, especially, I mean, whether whether you're a fan or whether you're a wrestler. I mean, because life on the road's hard, at least from a wrestler's aspect. I mean, you've got to look at how much you're going to be depressed because you're normally in a new town at least four or five days a week. You know, half the time when you wake up, you don't realize what town you're in because you've only gotten like three or four hours of sleep. You know, you're away from your family because you're trying to make a living to support them. You don't get to see your kids as much. You don't get to see your spouses as much. So, I mean, that can kind of, it takes a toll after a while. I mean, even for wrestlers that have only been in the business a couple months, I mean, once they realize how hard life on the road is, I mean, some of them quit when they're just getting started no matter how talented they are, because they realize how much sacrifice you have to make in order to make a career out of this job. And like with me, I've had some depression issues. And my number one tip would be don't self-medicate. I had an issue when I was younger with self-medicating before I realized how bad my depression was. And getting the proper counseling and the proper types of therapy can really make an impact on your life. Because you've got to realize that even if you're struggling now, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, even if, like, this is something I still do to this day. You know, every day I make a list. What's went bad in my list and what's, you know, what's went good in my list. And if you do that every day and try to find the things that are special in your life, when you look back at those lists when you're having a bad day, you'll see there are a lot more good things that are happening than the bad things. And, you know, the bad things will always get better with time. Absolutely. And oh, also, I mean, just... Oh, go ahead, oh, sir. Go ahead, go ahead. And another thing would be the fact that, you know, you may not know that you have a friend that's, that's dealing with this stuff. If you see the signs, don't necessarily confront them with them having an issue. Just call them up and see if they're okay. Call them up and invite them over for coffee. I mean, I know I'm on Facebook a lot. If you see me on and you're a fan and you're dealing with some mental health issues, you're dealing with depression, you're having a bad day, if I'm online, it shows I'm online, I don't care whether we're friends or not on there, send me a message. You know, I would rather be talking to a person whether I know them or not and helping them through a situation than, you know, hearing about them in an obituary. You know, I mean, we need more people, whether they be wrestlers or whether they just be, you know, members of our society to take the time to help somebody else out because that one taking five minutes just to talk to somebody about their problems can mean the difference between life and death. One of the things that 
you had going on since last we had you here is uh, you had a relative that was going through some things, and you had a championship that you were going to auction off to raise funds to help with the cost of the medical bills. Can you update us on that type of situation? Yes. Uh, it was actually my cousin. His name was Gabriel Anthony Medina, and he passed uh, a while back. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to raise enough money to pay for his headstone because it's cost more than we had originally realized it was going to cost. So what I'm doing is you can get a hold of me on Facebook or you can get a hold of me at jasonchaos69 at gmail.com to inquire and make bids. I have a one-of-a-kind purple leather hardcore championship belt that was from one of the federations I used to work for. And they shut down, so I t obviously I took the belt because I was the champion. But I'm trying to auction that off autographed by not only myself, but several other wrestlers in order to try to raise some funds to help, to help you know, uplift the memory of my little cousin. Um, if someone wanted to not necessarily uh... – attempt to win the title, but they just wanted to make a contribution or maybe to donate to a charity that would uh, be in line with what the problem was with your cousin, what would be some of the avenues people would have to go that route with it? Well, if they would like to go that route, I mean, my cousin – was he, he was a Christian rapper. If you get a chance to look up on YouTube, he went under a little holy. He's all, he was all over YouTube. So he was really big into the kids. And it's something that's near and dear to my heart too. So I would say Special Olympics would be one. And then some of our relatives that have had some issues uh, were military. So the Wounded Warriors would be another one. And if you guys do that, if you could just put them in honor of Gabriel Anthony Medina – because that would be something that I know uh, up from heaven he would be smiling down upon that someone was thinking of him and helping support the causes that he was really into. For sure. Now, the last time you were with us, uh, of course, you had to break the news that you had to step away from entering competition because of health issues. Can you give everyone an update on your own personal health situation? Have you been feeling better? Are you still on the road to recovery? I'm doing better. Uh, I'll know more on Monday because I go in to see my uh, surgeon on Monday. But as far as I know, my heart's improving. The stents have taken, so that's a good thing. Uh, I am having an issue right now. It was an old injury. I missed a moonsault through a table. So I have a partially torn labrum in my hip, and then I have a crack a crack in the ball socket of my right hip. So since I can't do MRIs because of my stents in my heart, I had to go through a bunch of different types of CAT scans. So I'm still waiting on to see when I have to have a replacement, but I probably am going to have to have a right hip replacement sometime early next year. But other than that, I'm actually improving quite a bit. I mean, I'm back to, you know, working out, not as, you know, heavy lifting as I used to do, but I'm still, you know, getting in pretty decent shape. Uh, I'm like around here, we have the old civil war battlefields. So I go out and walk those a lot just because it's something interesting to do. And it still gets me my exercise, but you know, you're not really thinking that you're working out that much, but I mean, that's something to do, uh, play with my dogs. You know, obviously I've got two of them. So, uh, I'm actually doing pretty well. I mean, my wife's had a little rough time. Uh, she had, uh, caught COVID a couple months ago and was in the hospital for several days and when she was in the hospital, they took her off, lowered her oxygen too quickly. So she ended up having bruised lungs. So she's still on oxygen right now, but we're working with physical therapy to try to wean her off of that. So it's been Lung a issues are no joke. Hopefully she gets better from that. Yeah. So it's, 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 been, it's been interesting, but it's, you know, it's, it's nothing more than we can handle. You know, we're chaoses. We can handle anything. Glad to hear that. 
Um, when we were talking to you last, uh, you mentioned that you would like to stay in professional wrestling in a different capacity. There's, of course, many jobs in the wrestling industry, managing, promoting, booking. You mentioned maybe training some of the new wrestlers to get into the business. At this point in time, a few months later, have you sort of narrowed down what your focus might be for the immediate near future? Uh, I actually have. Uh, One of the things I'm working on is I'm actually writing a book, and it's going to be called My Chaotic Life, The Chaotic Times of Jason Chaos. It's going to talk about uh, my journey in pro wrestling, uh, dealing with, you know, the the death of my daughter, dealing with the mental health issues, uh, dealing with the attempts to self-medicate, and how I came out the other side including, like, my heart attack and the other stuff I've had to deal with. Uh, Just to kind of give, like, a positive perspective that there is the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, Another thing I'm doing is I'm open. If anybody, any federation out there in the Midwest area wants uh, to have me come in to manage, I am open to that. I am licensed in almost every state, so that would be an option. I'm also working with another company to try to bring, bring wrestling they have a wrestling federation that's down in Tulsa, but I'm kind of in between Tulsa and Bartlesville, so I want to get a federation that's more of the upper Oklahoma, lower Missouri to kind of combine for some super shows. So we're in the process of working on some shows with a couple of federations combining their uh, talents in order to get that going. And we'd like to eventually get like once a month in some of the smaller towns like Bartlesville and Venita and Claremore in Oklahoma, we're trying to get some of the smaller towns to be able to have some good entertainment for their kids on a Friday or Saturday night. Now, historically speaking, a lot of areas tend to respond best to the style of wrestling that was around in the territorial days of a given region. For example, people in Tennessee tend to like the over-the-top characters in the brawling like they saw in the old Memphis territory. People in the upper Midwest are usually fans of more of a scientific wrestling like the AWA presented, that type of thing. Do you think when you get into promoting in this new area between Tulsa and Missouri that the style you will want to present will resemble what fans of the territory days may have wanted to, or are you looking at a different type of wrestling for this particular area? I think it'll be more of a mixture. I mean, I, I, obviously I do want to go old school. And nowadays, I mean, it's not the days where, you know, a hockey player named the goon or a plumber named TL Hopper, you know, would get over because people are smarter than that. So I want it to be a more realistic, like, actual, you know, old-school style, actually, you know, working an arm. I mean, we could still throw in, because I'm known for my hardcore matches, so we can still throw in when it's needed, that style of match. But I'd like to go into something more, I guess you'd say family-friendly. And that's weird coming from, the, you know, the Messiah Mayhem. But I'd, I'd want something that I could take you know, my niece and nephew, too, as well as my grandma who's into wrestling, as well as have my preacher come by and watch it. You know, I want it to be enjoyable, something that's a safe alternative in the smaller towns instead of them going and doing, you know, the stupid stuff we did as kids to get themselves in trouble. I want to give them an opportunity to have some good, you know, entertainment that's at a, you know, a cheap value that, you know, would be something fun for the whole family. Now, obviously, it's sort of a different landscape today than it was even 15 years ago as far as television goes. Uh, Professional wrestling now has several options as far as being allowed to bring their product to the eyes of consumers. You have streaming services like the Roku device and IWTV.com and 
powerbomb.tv and so many streaming services, a lot of promotions still utilize traditional broadcast television and or cable television for a more traditional outlet. Do you have anything in mind as far as how you want the fans to be able to see the product? Are you going to stream it perhaps or televise it or are you going to rely strictly on the in-house arena show? I think I would like to stream it eventually because of the fact that, I mean, all even if we're considered quote-unquote Midwest wrestlers, you know, we have fans all over the United States. I mean, I know people, a lot of us have performed in Alaska even, you know, overseas. I want to give an opportunity for everybody to see the product that we're giving, you know, to the fans. So I think that that would probably be the, the best way to reach the masses. But if I chose to do it that way, which is what I'm contemplating now, I would want to do it on a way where it would be the cheapest for the fans to get the most bang for their buck. Because I don't feel that a fan, if they can't go to a live show, especially during the COVID era, era now, you know, I don't think that they should be paying 70 bucks to see a show. You know, if they're, whether they're watching it on their TV or their computer, you know, we still need to make it affordable for everyone to be able to enjoy the art of wrestling. Based on everything that you see, whether it is on traditional television or through a streaming service, who do you think has the best televised pro wrestling in the marketplace today? Okay, when it comes to, I guess, the glitz and the glamour part of it, the the pyros and the that type of stuff, I would say WWE. When it comes to the actual wrestling and not just filling time with, you know, fireworks or things that don't make sense, I actually think right now AEW has, has, is a little bit ahead. Because if you actually look at a WWE show compared to an AEW show, there's more wrestling and there's more storytelling when it comes to the AEW show than there is in the current WWE product. I mean, the match that happened a few months, I guess it was a month or two ago, between uh, Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega, I mean, that was a pay-per-view quality. I mean, that could have headlined any arena around the world. And, I mean, it was just a great, it was a great match. I mean, it had, I mean, I would look up, I would kind of link it to like Macho Man, uh, Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania. It was that quality of a match. And I think we need, we need more of that type of matches going on right now. Well, at this point, my co-host QT is standing by and I'm sure he has some questions. So I'm going to pass things along to him for a bit. Okay. Well, thanks, Sign Guy. Hello, Jason. Welcome back. Hello. Yes, Jason. I'm I'm curious to see here that you're planning on writing books, uh, uh, a book about your adventure uh, in wrestling and your uh, semi your struggles. Uh, what is the title of the book that you're mulling over? The titles, because the title uh, right now. Right now, I'm looking at The Chaotic Life, The Chaotic Times, and Struggles of Jason Chaos. Oh, okay. Is what I'm looking at. I've actually kind of worked on a cover, kind of like it's going to kind of like be like an Alice in Wonderland, like I'm falling through the wormhole kind of thing. Because really, when you've struggled with depression, mental health issues, addiction, you know, you feel like you're falling through that wormhole. And you're taking medication just so you can be able to get in the ring the next day. And once you kind of, once you hit that bottom and once you see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, I mean, it's, it's truly like you're reborn, you know. I mean, your whole attitude changes, your life changes. And I just want to inspire other people to realize that no matter what they're struggling with, there is that light at the end of the tunnel and things will get better as long as they just keep on keeping on. Now, I might be mistaken, but you may have used the wrong term with wormhole, I think it's rabbit hole. That might be that might that might be the the, the right term. 
You know, I've had yes. so many concussions, you know, I kind of get flustered sometimes. Mm. Oh, okay, yes. Uh, no problem, I guess. Uh, now, uh, many famous people have wrote in their autobiographies, or wrote their autobiographies. One was uh, Grace Slick of the Jefferson Airplane. Um, mm. uh, she had a book called Go Ask Alice, and it chronicled her rise in the um, – uh, rock group, the Jefferson Airplane. One of my favorite uh, bands, actually. Oh, how did, yeah. how did you like the the bass player? I can't remember the, the uh, name of the bass player right now. He went on to form Hot Tuna, the group Hot Tuna, with Jorma Kakonan, the guitar player. See, now that one, I'm not, the only one I really remember is Grace Slick. It's kind of like, you know, the Turtles, you know them as a group. But it's hard to distinguish, you know, the different members of the Turtles because I saw a long time ago, I saw it was kind of a reunion of the older school bands and it was like the Turtles, it was Deep Purple. So, I mean, sometimes you remember the front man or front woman, but sometimes it's harder. Some of the other people get lost in the background, I guess. Oh, okay. yeah, I, that's true. Uh, sometimes uh, now I, I know people. Uh, hardly anyone can remember the original drummer of the Beatles, Pete Best, who who uh, Ringo Starr replaced. That's true. Uh, I, now there was Marty Balin. Uh, he he sang uh, harmonies with Grace Slick in the band. Marty Balin. Okay. And uh, there was Paul Katner. Uh, he was like on rhythm guitar. Uh, I don't think it. I don't. It wasn't Neil Cassidy on bass. Anyway, um, go ask Alice is an autobiography by Grace Slick. And uh, hey, in, at any time in your wrestling career, did you use any songs uh, by uh, the Jefferson Airplane or later Starship as your entrance music? And not by Jefferson Airplane. I know I've used Queen before, and like. Uh, towards the end, I actually like using local artists that are still up and coming. There's actually a, uh, he is a rapper and singer out of Atchison, Kansas. His name is Young Knowledge. And he actually produced my last song. So he was one that really, you know, it was not like a dirty rap. It was a clean rap. It was family friendly, but it still made sense with the, cha the chaos of Jason Chaos. Oh, Okay. Now, that Queen song that you used uh, as your entrance music, was it Another One Bites the Dust? It was actually a less known one. It was Princes of the Universe that was in the Highlander movie. Oh, okay. I think it I was when I was morphing into the Chaotic King. So it was, you know, you have to be the prince before you're the king. So. Okay. All right. Uh, did you ever get inspiration have you ever gone on YouTube and look up uh, Queen's performance at 1985 Live Aid? Yes, I've seen that several times. That's one of my favorite. And I, when you're on those lines, if you've ever watched the new movie Bohemian Rhapsody and you try to, like, look at the Live Aid performance compared to the performance they show there, I mean, it's so close, it's uncanny. I mean, they did a really good job matching it up. I always liked it when they uh, – my favorite uh, uh, part of Live Aid uh, as, per, as performed by Queen was the song Waiting for the Hammer to Fall. I think, that, I think they hit the zenith right there. Yeah. To me, I don't think there's ever been a Queen song. That, Queen is one of the bands that I can listen to anything they put out. Another one's Pearl Jam, that no matter what they put out – they were so creative. I don't think they put out a bad, a bad song, something that wasn't worth listening to. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. Well, Jason, how well could Herman Munster have done on the indie circuit? My wrestling sources in Shelton, Washington, tell me that you're a big fan of the 1960s uh, sitcoms, 1960s. Especially, that is uh, correct. Actually, the, the Monsters is my favorite old sit sitcom, and I actually think he would have been very. I think he would have done very well. I mean, if he would have came out and been managed by Lily, I think they would have made a really good, really good duo, and I think he would have probably given uh, Braun Strowman or somebody like a Bobby Lashley a run for their money.
Whoa. Wow. Okay. He definitely had the intimidation look, the look factor. Yes. Yes. Uh, how well do you think he? How well do you think he could have done? Herman Munster could have done against Lurch. Ooh, that would have been a tough one. But I mean, if you've ever seen any episodes of the Munsters, especially the one where he inherits and becomes, I believe it's Lord Munster, when he does the "I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich," I mean, he destroys the table. So I think he would probably have the strength edge and a little bit of the agility. Whoa. Okay. All right. I well, kind I of agree. Been, with you I think you would have been better on the mic too. Oh, okay. I, yeah. Well, now Lurch did sing, sing once. Uh, I believe uh, he was trying to imitate some rock group, and he actually had some groupies outside the the mansion screaming. Some. You know, I don't know if they were screaming Lurch. for his voice though, or out of terror. You know, you never know with that one. Oh, he, I think he may have had a wig on on that episode, you know, and uh, uh, they were uh, they were definitely groupies. Yes. Okay. Now, if you take Lurch <laughs> with, a, with, a, with a mouthpiece like Paul Heyman, maybe, I mean, he would get over a little bit better if he had the right mouthpiece, the right manager. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, Jason, uh, Roddy Piper mentioned in a magazine special – that the that the road could wear you down, uh, commenting on your other um, your uh, your uh, speaking of depression on the road. He said he said he would often wake up and not know what town he was in. Roddy Piper. And I have done that several times when I was older. It was because I was just tired from the match before. When I was younger, it was probably from partying too much and not realizing where I woke up. To tell you the truth, I mean that's something I'm definitely going to discuss in great detail in my book because when 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 I first started out, I mean, you go to the show, you know, you wake up, you work out, you go to the show, you do meme greets, you do the show. Normally, that's about you know you get out of there if you're you know an old school wrestler, you stay until it you know until the show's over. Then you go grab something to eat. A lot of times, you'll either go out to a, a local bar or to the hotel bar have a few drinks, and then you try to get some sleep. So, yeah, I mean, there could be two ways of, you know, waking up and not knowing exactly where you're at. I've experienced both. Well, you know, uh, that kind of mirrors the life in the military, especially uh, a lot of our Army and Marine troops over in Iran and Iraq that would have to be up at all hours of the night, like on patrol, and uh, always being aware of uh, incoming uh, missiles, uh, especially in the Iran and Iraq war. And in the Navy, when you're out with a battle group, uh, a lot of times uh, those people put in 16-hour days, especially on the flight deck of an aircraft carrier where they're doing night flight ops, uh, so the jets can go over Well. It's about 16 hours a day, and you have to be on your on your best alert, especially on the aircraft carrier flight deck because of those arresting cables. It's a very dangerous place. And it might not be as dangerous, but a lot of the cooks in a Navy battle group will undergo 16-hour days because there's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And, they, and an aircraft carrier usually sails with 5,500 people especially a nuclear aircraft carrier. So that's about uh, 18,000 meals that they serve, 18,000 a day in one ship. And a lot of the – I've read books of these Navy people that kind of mirror wrestling, and uh, they say that sometimes when they hit a port of call for liberty, uh, it's not exactly the minute you tie up you can go out on the pier and, and go out and see the sights. You have to stay back on the ship, and you have to uh, – tie up loose ends. Sometimes liberty can be delayed for three or four hours, and you don't get all three or four days off. You have to work at least one of those days. So a lot of those sailors just go out on the pier just to get away from the ship and then come back in a couple of hours and sleep the rest of the time. It's it's, it's wrestling society. Yeah, I know, I know I respect our soldiers a lot. My dad was a former Army. And so was my uh, great-grandfather. So, I mean, I respect him. And I know my dad was talking about 
when he was over in Korea, the watch, the night watches they had to do and, you know, a lot of the coffee they had to drink in order to – the really crappy, like, ration coffee that they had to drink in order to be able to protect themselves and the, their fellow soldiers. So, I mean, I, I think – I think the comparison's a little different because, you know, our job on the roads to yet yes, it's to entertain, but the soldiers are out there, you know, day in and day out putting their lives on the line just so we have freedom. So I would actually I don't know if I could really compare the two quite as much. I would, you know, give the more props and more love and support to the soldiers. Okay. All right. Well, I know, Jason, that you can go on YouTube and look up accounts of German chemists. They produced a pill uh, in, the, in the late 1930s that was the equivalent of a combination of speed and methamphetamine. And a lot of the German troops uh, would go on these uh, extended marches on these uh, uh, speed pills, and they call it the, Brit- the Blitzkrieg. And... Um, uh, well, wait a second. I don't know if it was Blitzkrieg. I think that was uh, air raid. Um, yeah. Well, call them shock troopers because they could march several days without resting, and they did that in the invasion of Poland. Um, but uh, they were on uh, these pet pills, but it, it, it wasn't for a very good cause. You know, it's not like uh, the army troops like your granddad or father. Uh, was it your granddad that was in Korea? Must have been. I know that my father was over there during the Korean conflict in '79. Oh, okay. And then okay, my grandfather was in World War II. So. Holy smokes! Okay, all right. Well, Jason, you also mentioned. Uh, are you taking walks near Civil War battlefields? I actually am. History is one of my my loves. It's been a love since I was real little. I've been really into like the uh, the Kennedy assassination stuff and anything Civil War. And, yeah, we have a battlefield over uh, near where I live. It's several miles from where I live, but it was the Battle of Cabin Creek. And they just recently opened another 18 miles of the battlefield that hadn't been open to the public before. So, yeah, I mean, it's a great place just to go think, get exercise, and just, you know, put yourself in the soldier's shoes from back during those battles because there was actually two battles uh, over at Cabin Creek. And if you actually look down onto the creek, which to me looks more like a, a raging river, I mean, it's just it's just amazing to kind of put yourself in that situation. Oh, okay. All right. Wow. Have you ever heard uh, the, any uh, ghostly drum and fife at sunset? Drums and fife. I haven't been out there at sunset yet because I haven't been able to get permission. I am working on that now because they normally close the battlefield off at like right before dusk. So uh, I'm trying to get out there then just to kind of see because you never know. But I mean, there I have it. Now, when I lived in Leavenworth, you know, and would go up to Fort Leavenworth where my great grandfather is buried, I mean, there was some interesting things that had happened up there because they have soldiers, you know, from all the war periods. So. Wow. Okay. I had some interesting experiences up there, but now you know they. I think it, it was the Battle of Gettysburg. There were uh, quite a few soldiers. I think the total was about eight thousand soldiers uh, combined from the north and south that showed up for the fiftieth anniversary of the Battle of Gettysburg, and it was. Uh, I think in, yes, uh, about nineteen twenty-three. 1922. They had already seen World War One come and go. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's just amazing, like how how the equipment and how warfare has changed from then until now. I mean, it's really you have to study the past in order to kind of prepare yourself for the future. Yes, and you can, you can also go on YouTube and see the 50th anniversary of Gettysburg and see these uh, Civil War soldiers from the north and south cha- shaking hands and talking and stuff in the, in the I'll 1920s. To, I'll have to check that out because actually Gettysburg and the, the movie that is with it, Gods in General, are two of my favorites. So. Oh, okay. Very good. Okay. 
All right. Well, Jason, in the past six years or even 10 years, the computer and smartphones have given the social construct of dating a new dimension. An example is Tinder. This was portrayed by Quagmire on The Family Guy when he was introduced to Tinder by Peter Griffin. My question is, what do you think Eddie Guerrero could have done with, with uh, ruling China for a date or starting to date China if he had Tinder? <laughs> I don't know if he would have used it because he was pretty slick himself. So I don't think he would have needed it. I mean, if you are a confident person and, you know, as long as you don't lie and are honest and open, I mean, I don't think you would necessarily – would necessarily need one of those, you know, routes in order to uh, find an upstanding relationship. Well, if I remember uh, correctly, China was a little bit hesitant of Eddie Guerrero's advances in the beginning. Yes. That's true. But I mean, also it was, uh, you know, sometimes if somebody has over bravado, they're uh, mucho masculine, you know, they're a little too forward. And don't kind of hide some of them until, you know, the relationship grows. You know, that can be a turnoff sometimes. Yeah, Eddie Guerrero certainly was confident. He had he came from that culture where machismo was pretty big, yes, machismo. See, I'm actually of Latin descent. My dad's Mexican. So, I mean, I understand the machismo, and that's how we're kind of raised as males in that culture. But you kind of have to find a mixture of the machismo as well as the just self-confidence and you know you have to just open yourself up really i mean that's what i did with my wife and we've been married uh over we just celebrated our first year anniversary in july and i mean we're going strong so i mean as long as you kind of have a mixture of all of it i mean you'll be just fine oh very good okay all right well jason I think that the, I think the bass player for the Jefferson's airplane, his name was Jack Cassidy, I think. Jack Cassidy. Okay. See, I think some of the people that replace certain instruments and in certain parts of bands are actually better because I'm a big Kiss fan, and uh, I was actually more impressed with Bruce Kulick when he played with Kiss. I oh, mean, yeah. in 90s with, I think Grand Funk, I saw him a couple of years ago with Grand Funk Railroad. And, I mean, if you ever get a chance to actually see him perform, I mean, he's an amazing guitarist. Have you ever gone on YouTube and looked up Grand Funk Railroad song Inside Looking Out? I haven't looked it up, but I've been to, like, three of their concerts. So I know I've seen oh. it live at least, at least once because they're, they're one, specifically now that Bruce Kulick's part of it, I mean, they're one I kind of follow just because, again, he's one of my favorite guitarists. Because I play a little guitar myself, I'm getting back into it slowly. But he, you know, he was one that kind of inspired me because of the way he, uh, the way he performs. Wow, Bruce Kulick. Okay, all right. Okay. Well, at this moment, I'm going to turn it back over to Sign Guy, and uh, good luck in your homework assignment. Looking up the 50th anniversary reunion of Gettysburg by Civil War vets. I will actually be doing that tonight because now you've kind of piqued my interest on it. So I'm going to check that out. Oh, okay. Very good. All right. Back to you, son guy. Thank you, QT. Well, Jason, one of the things that is still around and still, if you know how to use it, valuable to promoting professional wrestling is Pro Wrestling Illustrated. They do several features on independent pro wrestling, and they're every month listing results from independent shows and so forth, keeping the names of independent wrestlers out there somewhat. Is PWI something that when you do open up your own company, you hope to have a relationship with them, or do you think that PWI in our current times is not as valuable as it once was. Well, to me, I kind of look at Bill After as a guru, sort of. I mean, I've never, you know, his opinion 99% of the time holds true to, to a certain extent when it comes to the quality of a wrestler or their experience. 
So, I mean, I would pretty much, you know, I would trust anything that Bill After would, you know, put his name to. Are we talking? Previously, when you were here, and we touched on it today, that you were interested in kind of helping some of the new young talents get into the business. I know you have your eye on the landscape of things in your area. Who are some of the younger talents out there that promoters should be looking at right now that maybe don't have the eyes on them that you think they should? Okay, this one, this is pretty easy. I mean, one of them just actually got her shot with NXT, and that's Amari Miller. Uh, I know she was a, a KCXW girl, and she was really talented when I knew her back in the Kansas City days. Uh, she's one that I think when they actually give her a shot at showing what she can do, I think she's amazing. Uh, let's see here. Dax Draper uh, was recently with Ring of Honor before that Ring of Honor situation. An amazing talent. He was with NXT a long time ago when it first started out. Uh, didn't get the shot that I think he deserved to show his character. An amazing wrestler. Uh, another one is Niles Plonk. I believe I'm pronouncing it correctly. Uh, the wine connoisseur. I mean, he recently, I know, is, was doing something, I think, with AEW. And he was actually uh, involved with a little angle on, I believe, it was SmackDown a couple weeks ago. Uh, an amazing, I've known him for years. He's an amazing performer, uh, can tell a story, a great teacher. Uh, another one would be uh, Miranda Gordy. I mean, she has the lineage like, you know, some of the other ones that have had the lineage, like Harry Smith, for example, but she's just, she's full of energy, uh, an amazing performer. I mean, technically sound. Those are the ones right now that I think you need to look forward to seeing in the future. I mean, some of the new guys on AEW that are, that are getting the shot, uh, Fuego del Sol is an amazing wrestler. I'm glad he's getting his shots. I mean, uh, Dante Martin, uh, again, amazing wrestler. Glad they're finally starting to get their shots. Uh, I believe he goes by Malefic, uh, it's something Malenko, uh, Magnificent Malenko, I think. Uh, another amazing wrestler with a great character and a great build. Uh, I mean, there's just so many right now. I know uh, Jimmy Wang Yang's daughter, Jazzy. I recently got to see her perform. Amazing wrestler. She's a second or third generation. I think I know she's at least a second generation wrestler. But, again, she has amazing technique. I mean, there are some older ones that don't get the credit they deserve, like an Angel Orsini, for example. An amazing talker, a good wrestler, hasn't really got her shot yet. So there are several out there both young and up and coming or that have been on the indie scene for a while that really need a good look and a good shot. Because once they're given the ball, they're going to, you know, they're going to score every time they're given a chance to. Well, we are down to the last few minutes of the show, and I want to make sure you have ample time. If there is anything that you would like to say to the listeners in closing, plug and promote anything and everything you have, social medias, merchandising, the auction, anything that you would like, floor is all yours. Well, first of all, I want to thank you again for having me on the show. I just want to please, you know, if you guys are having any mental health issues, get help, talk to a friend. Like I said before, you can get a hold of me through email or on Facebook if you just need somebody to talk to because I've been there and I can at least be someone to listen to your issues so you know you can get through it because everybody can get through it. Uh, the book, I will get a hold of you uh, when I get more information on when that's going to be complete. I do have some wrestling buddies coming out. I know they're going to take probably another month or so to get uh, produced, but if you remember the old wrestling buddies back in the day with Hulk Hogan, there is actually a Jason Chaos one being made. I still have my old school Chaotic Kingdom shirts available as well as the uh, King Has Left the Building, the new shirts. We have the Corona masks and all of my different merchandise. You can get a hold of me either at Jason Chaos on Facebook or JasonChaos69 at gmail.com. Again, please, if you guys, you know, be safe during the holiday season. Please don't drink and drive. Uh, I, you know, I hope your family has just a great, healthy, and safe holiday season. And if you, like I said, if you guys want to find a charity, great charities to donate, 
too, during the holiday season. Uh, of course, it's the Salvation Army. I mean, they're very helpful. Uh, we need to support wounded warriors because our vets put their lives on the line every day for us to have our freedoms. So we need to support them when they come back home. And then a big one of mine is Special Olympics. You know, always never give somebody, say you're giving somebody a handout, give them a hand up. Jason Chaos, it was a pleasure as usual having you on the show. We definitely appreciate you returning and giving us your time. Hopefully the health continues to get better for yourself and your wife, and we look forward to the next time that you join us right here. That would be great. Also, I'm going to be having a podcast, uh, The Chaotic Kingdom with Jason Chaos. It should be starting next month. I will let Sign Guy know when I get more details on uh, – what forms of media you can uh, follow us on. Definitely looking forward to that. That'll be something we have in the near future to look forward to for sure. So fans pay attention to details forthcoming on the podcast. We will be back with you Sunday afternoon. We have Shane and Shannon, the Ballard brothers, one of the best tag teams on the West coast over the last 20 years, they will be with us. We look forward to that. And then one week from this very day, we shall return, and we will have Omega. He is out of the Kentucky Anna area, someone I've shared a locker room with multiple times. Great, great competitor. We will be with us, so make sure you have plans to be with us for that. Everybody continue to be safe out there, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you.